Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Neil, you're just back from Australia. You had yes. a nice holiday down there. What is going on in that country? The temperatures, the fires. I read one statistic the fires were as, as big as the entire country of Singapore in terms of area. Oh, bigger. So much bigger than that now. It is absolutely extraordinary. I was staggered by it. As you know, I lived in Australia for five years. And I can't even begin to put this into context. In the, in the time that the fires have happened, they now say that 30% of the entire koala population alone has been wiped out wow. in New South Wales. Mm. Millions of hectares, nine people have now died. Thousands upon thousands of homes have been, have been destroyed. And an interesting thing about the homes is, not, not interesting, depressing, is any other decade, it would have been in the tens of thousands, the hundreds yeah. of thousands. You know, you can't underestimate the work that the firefighters have done. They lay the groundwork. They know the fires are coming. They can prepare as much as they realistically can. They can burn off around mm. your property and so on and so on. Despite all of that, still lost thousands. When I was there, it's become a running joke in Australia. They've banned the word unprecedented or unprecedented, <laughs> as they like to pronounce it, on weather in Australia because yeah. they say it every day. Yeah. G'day, folks. We've had unprecedented weather today in uh, New South. It's every day is unprecedented. When I was there, the record average temperature nationwide across Australia was broken twice in three days. Just think about that. In the history of weather forecasts, weather recording, since records began, they broke the record twice in three days. And oh, man. it's only the start of summer. So the first day, I think the average nationwide temperature, and to state the obvious, Singaporeans listening, you can't overstate how big Australia is. You know, I can give you all kinds of facts and figures. You know, Australia is about the size of Western Europe. Right. Still doesn't put it into context. Average temperature nationwide was 40.9 degrees, 40.9 degrees. On that day, where I was in Victoria, about an hour south of Melbourne, the temperature was only 22. Hmm. So think about how hot the rest of the country was to make the average temperature 40.9. Yeah, sure. A day and a half later, the temperature is broken again. I can't remember what it is, but it was much higher. It was 41, I think. And on that day, where I was, where it was 22 the day before, I was in Geelong, which is an hour south of Melbourne, the temperature rose. The official temperature was recorded as 45.1 degrees. I have been to Egypt, I've been to North Africa, and I lived in Geelong for five years. Yeah. I have never known weather like it. The temperature, I took a photo of it, the temperature in my car was 47 degrees. You can't function in heat like that. Yeah. I went to the cinema that day. I saw Star Wars, and we'll talk about that later. But, you know, I, I came out of the cinema, and it's a simple analogy, but all I can say is just imagine you're a real diva. Imagine you're on Mariah Carey, and you've got 100 hot air dryers being blown at you by your <laughs> minions at the same time. And that's the closest analogy yeah. I can come up with. It's hot air dryers in your face, and it's painful. Yeah. The air actually hurts you. I've never felt this before. Hmm. I've been in hot temperatures. You've yeah. been in hot temperatures. We live in Singapore. Right. But the air actually burns your face. The air, the air, the, 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 the temperature of the air. You can get sunburn walking to your car when it's 47 degrees. I've never known heat like it. The intensity, the power, the burning sensation, this feeling that your flesh is actually burning. I can't overstate it enough without being overly emotive. 
it felt like the place was on fire. So typically when hot, either extreme heat or extreme cold temperatures come, the very young and the very old are the ones who get the worst of it. Is there that kind of concern for the elderly, for the young kids? You know, are they are they setting up special centers where, you know, elderly that don't have air conditioning can yeah. go, that sort of thing? Yes. Uh, and in the, it's, it's tougher in the smaller towns, you know, the regional towns, the outback towns. Mm-hmm. One thing I do, I have to say this about Australia. They have this expression called fair go, fair go. Mm. They like this sense of fair go. Everybody should have a fair go. Everyone should have a fair chance. They have a great community spirit that sometimes I think even Singapore could perhaps learn from. A mm. real sense of we all muck in, we all, we're all in this together. They'll check on each other, they'll, they'll pass groceries around, they'll bring food, they'll bring water. I, I like that a lot about Australia, I must say that. So yes, there have been centres sh- set up. But let me tell you this, when it's 45, 46 degrees, even air conditioning won't cut it. And, and also, you've got to factor in the fact that you're running the unit, so you're only adding to the heat outside sure. because the compressors outside are running and spinning. So that's the issue. The other issue is never overstate the stupidity of the average human being in mm. any form of weather. Mm. I kept hearing on the radio, I kept hearing on television bulletins, ladies, gentlemen, stop leaving your children in cars. They're still doing it? And I was listening what to are you my, thinking? I was listening to the, in disbelief. You know, we'd, we'd nip into the air, to the mall. I'm not a big shopper, but just for the air conditioning. Because sure. it's not omnipresent air conditioning in Victoria like yeah. it is in Singapore yeah. because you have extremes of temperature. It gets very cold in, yeah. in, in Victoria. So we're dashing out of the air conditioning into the car, literally using a welder's kit to remove the flesh of our lower thigh off of the seat <laughs> of the car. You know that sensation when, <laughs> when you're, you know, you're wearing shorts, right? So uh, if you, you know, anyone wants liposuction, just go to an Australian car yeah, for an take hour. Take a couple layers off. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing that. You put the radio on. It's, ladies and gentlemen, for the thousandth time, unprecedented weather, please, heaven's sake, stop leaving your kids and pets in cars. And I'm looking at my wife thinking, who are these people? Yeah. But I could see, I could see even in the car parks, and I'll get to the climate change element in a moment, but even in car parks, you can see people cracking a window as if that's enough. All you're doing is letting 45 yeah. degree burning heat into the car. You're not doing anything. There's no cool air here. There's no escape. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a couple of stupid things that astonish me. But the other thing, no one's in, no scientist no practical, relevant, contemporary scientist is in any doubt now, except one element. They were wrong. So before religious folks and deniers get excited, mm. scientists are now admitting they were wrong about climate change, which they've changed. They're not calling it climate change anymore. They're calling it climate strike. They're not calling it global warming anymore. They're calling it, I think, global heating. They were wrong. It's moving faster than they expected. All their initial expectations, all their initial forecasts were wrong. And the difference between scientists and dogmatic folks is scientists live and die by the science. Right. So they will admit when they're wrong. Yeah. They're only admitting they're wrong in the sense that it's moving faster than we thought. If it reaches the 1.5 degrees global-wide that we expect, we can't pull it back. We can't pull it back. And we're moving faster than that, much, much faster than that. And I've seen it firsthand in Australia. So you go to Australia, and here's the thing I wanted to say about this. Carbon footprints, most people acknowledge now that it's real. The size, and you know this, you're, you're, you, know, you go back to America. What strikes me in Australia, the size of cars mm. in Australia mm. is insane. 
unforgivably insane. We criticise Singapore and we make jokes about Singapore with the ERP and the COE and all that. But there are reasons. There are reasons behind that. I know there's a whole rich-poor divide argument that's entirely separate. But they're trying to maintain and manage their carbon footprint and traffic and congestion and so on. Hardly anybody, hardly anybody has a small car in Australia. And I I was asking friends who have massive cars. And the big thing now is these, not the old, um, I'm not a car expert, not the big SUV. There's another kind of vehicle now that's really popular, but it's huge. Subaru type of cars. I can't think of the name now, but like a sports utility. No, that's an SUV, isn't it? But a very big car. To me, it just looks like an SUV, but it's very, very, very big. People carry a type of car. And I said to friends, why do you have these cars? You've only got two children. You're not doing off-road driving. You're not in the bush. You know, most days you're taking this huge vehicle to pick up a latte from down the road. <laughs> nobody, and I mean, this is an American thing as well. Sure. Britain, nobody walks anywhere. Anywhere. Yep. That's a very suburban thing, right? It's car, it's car to the very edge of the shopping, the supermarket entrance, mm. the very edge of the clinic and whatever. Nobody walks anywhere. And he said, you know what? I've never even thought about it. It's just, it's, you know that, that suburban mentality? We probably shouldn't, should we? And, and I look at it from a Singaporean mindset. And frankly, the, the irony and the hypocrisy is staggering because you're listening to these guys on the news saying, oh, the government this and, you know, Scott Morrison, the prime minister, is in Hawaii on his holidays and he should be here and the rich are taking private jets everywhere and aren't they hypocritical and all of that. All of which is true. Step outside any shopping mall in Australia. High cars, high cars, big cars, high cars. And you talk about a cultural, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost this sheep-like mentality. Everybody mm. has the big car, so I'll just buy the big car. Mm. Every TV ad, big car, big car, big car. And, and I just found their, their carbon footprint in Australia, frankly, is off the charts. Yeah. Off the charts. Crazy. Neil, thanks for that update on the land down under. Of course, we know it's not all bad news. Lots of good folks down there. and Great people in Australia. The nicest people in Australia. Honestly, they couldn't have been more helpful. I must say this to round it off on a positive note. When we got to Australia, talking about these big cars, you'll know what I'm talking about. My wife had to adjust her driving mm. a day after arriving because we were being overly aggressive yeah. because we weren't used to. We were, we were cutting in. <laughs> Slightly, you know. The other thing we forgot to do... Based on what you would do in Singapore. Yeah, Yeah. the other thing we forgot to do is when you're on an expressway or any major road and you see cars trying to pull into that road, my wife instinctively sped up to get get past that that lane quicker. You know what I mean? The ECP mentality. Exactly the problem that we always complain about here. If you don't, in Singapore, you'll get hit up the backside. So it's not like she's being overly selfish. And and then we realised that the other cars instinctively were moving over to the other lane Hmm. to make that lane free so that cars could pull in, which is the sensible, logical, safe, kind thing to do. So after about a day or two, we had to adjust our driving. The other thing was Australians will stop for pedestrians everywhere. Hmm. In small roads when there's no zebra crossing, if there's no one around, they'll stop and smile and wave you across. And I said to my daughter, oh, jeez. (laughs) <laughs> that's unusual whereas normally you're like it's a dash isn't it in yeah. Singapore it's a dash because no one's letting you out no one's letting you out things you won't see here so in Singapore. look those are the positives we, mm. we could maybe learn a thing or two from the Australians about courtesy I think when we're driving our cars they do it right to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store